Hi, and welcome to the ID Spring Capital podcast. Today we have Naganan Doraswamy, managing director and founder of ID Spring Capital, in conversation with Sharad Sharma, who is an angel investor, a passionate evangelist of the software product ecosystem in India, and co-founder of the iSpirit Foundation. He has held a number of senior executive positions with leading technology companies. Most recently, he was a senior vice president at Yahoo and CEO of their India R&D. In this episode, they discuss why startups should think global from day one, the challenges of building products for global scale from India, the challenge of rediscovering product market fit, utilizing India as a test market and a place to get traction to reach critical mass, the possibility of solving the middleware problem from India, product B2B2C trends in India, and a whole lot more. So Sharad, uh, welcome to Idea Spring podcast series and you know it's awesome to have you. We have known each other for a very very long time and you have most importantly you have seen the Indian product ecosystem evolve, right? From the time I have come back to India in 2005, I have seen you spearheading that entire effort. So in this podcast would really love to get your views on where we are evolving as a product nation as you have uh, the name you have concocted in iSpirit as well and focus more on the enterprise uh, area and that's where idea spring also comes into play because we understand that space very well so first off i want to get your uh, thought on where as a snapshot if you are take to if you are to take the snapshot today where do we stand as a product nation in the enterprise context i think we are halfway there and uh, and and therefore the question to ask is what got us here will it get us to the second half hmm. and i think we have to keep doing what we were doing but we have to also change gears and so we got to do some things you know which we were not doing uh, as we move forward uh, so so i think this is another 10 15 year journey uh, that we have to go through uh, and then we can legitimately say that yeah, we need to be <laughs> products we are a, we are a meaningful player mm. in the world so so when you say that you know tell we have i'm saying we have cross like 12 13 years now and you have 15 years more to go you know if you look at what idea spring is doing today we are betting on the fact that india has the capability to build products not only for the indian market for for global scale as well and as we see the market for india also is now opening up unlike before where there's no market now there are enterprises buying so either it's like you are saying before b to big b or b to b to c you know depending on the classification we are kind of getting there now when you look at these right one is building products for global scale and one is building products for india i mean let's just consider those two separately and first focus on building products for global scale because you know that's where most of the companies have evolved in india and then we'll get to the next the building for local market next what do you feel are still some of the key challenges that we are facing you know in building products for global because i think we are on, as you said we are started a journey but some of the key things that you feel that we still are lacking we need to focus on we need to build that ecosystem players can now contribute so i think there is a saying that great products are built in shadow of sophisticated customers so when you're building for the global you need access you need if not physical you need proximity to those sophisticated customers and that is very hard that problem hasn't gone away even if you are addressing the mid market a uh, segment of the b2b market mm. which is where let's say zoho plays or freshworks plays mm. and you know orinscape and others play being able to access the most sophisticated customers mm. and build for them so that uh, you know your product is truly truly world class is hard to do it's mm. not easy mm. right 
and that is the part that remains relatively inaccessible and uh, now to get to that point you either need a team which had prior knowledge of that domain prior relationships and so on and so forth and you know that's one way to make it happen or you have to develop that now to develop that you must have achieved something to be able to summon up talent and capital you know to be able to get the right to develop that mm. and that usually means using india as a test market and creating some success mm. and uh, so so that is what it takes now you know very often when you create india as a test market mm. and you do taste success then many people lose their way they forget that india is only a test market okay. 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 <laughs> and 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 they get too caught up huh. in kind of worrying about the test market mm. so there are these common pitfalls the good news is that these common pitfalls are much better understood and i think uh, in some ways you can say this was done by iflex uh, back uh, in the early days for bfsi mm. in the more tech oriented spaces was done by dhruva and and thanks to people involved in both of these companies nrk raman in the case of yeah. iflex so. and uh, jaspreet and milind in the case of dhruva they have been very open in sharing these learnings and therefore they have become generally available and so by the time let's say fresh works or fresh desk came around 7 or 8 years ago you know this had become relatively common knowledge and now the happy news is that the success of fresh works and so many others that brand of or that that generation of entrepreneurs have also given back in a big way right and particularly what they have given back to the ecosystem is desk marketing and selling and india is definitely becoming a sophisticated player in something like that so it's a evolutionary kind of a phenomena and there is a lot of learning tacit knowledge so basically you uh, know the maturity is slowly creeping into the system yes. like you know irrespective of what we say startups do require maturity I mean, startups yeah. and maturity don't go well together but the ecosystem maturity is is an important thing is what right. you're saying and if you look at what idea spring also does and you know you're also intimately familiar with what we do See most of our bets hence we take on people who have had experience in that domain right you know and and there are theses that say that sometimes you know revolutionary products come by people who are not in that domain and unfortunately in our case in case of funding startups in india the revolutionary thing will require a customer and we don't have it so i think to even today we are still hence required to kind of stay on the tracks to say fund entrepreneurs who have some experience so that when you build the products you can use the context you have in the US or other way in the world and then bring something relevant to the market as opposed to doing something completely no Fully so is, is that a right uh, approach to take in the short term till the market develops you think yeah absolutely yeah. i i think especially in b2b market lot of the purchase decisions are mostly rational decisions mm. and you know in the b2c market in some sense it is harder to crack that market because you know the decision making uh, on part of the customer or the consumer is more tacit or more more dif- more difficult to understand and emotion very often plays a role right and uh, and sometimes those elements of emotion social context social pressure brand are better understood by people in that age group uh, you know who are very fresh and in that segment uh, you know experience or age let me say this can become a become a problem yeah disadvantage right? this can be a disadvantage yeah. mm-hmm. but in the business segment usually you know there's a similar age group person 
uh, you know, with 10, 15, 20 years of experience who taking a decision. <laughs> who is also cynical, but also it is not an impulse purchase. And it's a, uh, it's a high consideration purchase. Mm. So, so you can understand the mind of the customer and then organize yourself to beat the purchase process. Right. And uh, one thing it. we are also noticing, I would like to get your inputs on what you're seeing in the market since you're out there a lot, is the fact that India, you can also, in addition to being a test market in our portfolio companies, we are starting to see that you can also get initial market traction. It's not only test, but you can also get market traction. You know, and then hence there is some critical mass that is built for you to raise money to go to the US. Because one of the issues that we have is as soon as you say you have to go to another market, right? Whether it's US or other Western countries or even Southeast Asian market, you need to have a lot more money. And to get the lot to get more money, more funding, you need to show revenue. And what thankfully we are seeing now is that you are, you can show revenue traction in India so that you know you can get somebody attracted and go to the US market. But even if you raise money, the challenges still exist to your point when you go from the Indian market to the U.S. market. Because if you have not thought global from day one, when you go to the U.S. market, you will be, in fact, surprised about the market or the culture or whatever it is. So what have you seen work in some of the companies you mentioned, the Dhruva or other people sure. who have successfully transitioned from getting traction, not necessarily test, but traction in the market and then still succeed in, in other markets? Yeah, the challenge in going to the US market is to rediscover the product market fit. To rediscover the product market fit, even when you've already found a product market fit back in India, requires you to actually have a high degree of humility, right? Because, right. you know, the world is trying to tell you, you, you have found the product market fit. A small variation of this should work in the US. And success comes to those who actually jettison that thinking and say, let me almost start from first principles to rediscover the product market fit. And the reason is because the maturity of the customer is different. The, the basket of competitors or competitive options they will be looking at is different. The degree of inertia to move forward is very, very different. The appetite to embrace and be an early adopter and embrace something that is unproven is very different. So you almost have to re-craft the product market fit in the US. And and that requires humility and unlearning. And anybody who can bring that to the table can therefore recreate success. But very often doing both, which is one, trying to scale in India and at the same time developing a version 1.0 product in the US is very hard for a small company to do. And therefore, I at least am of the opinion that India is truly a test market when you figure out the test market, all that you have done is put your arm around technology, stabilize that, have low tech debt, but actually stop selling in India. You would say stop selling. Stop something. selling in India and redirect everything that you have to taking the leap to the US. Hmm. And if you fail, you fail as a company. That's okay. But your odds of success actually go up because you have put all the quivers, you know, behind that single goal. All or nothing company. at that All time. or nothing at that hmm. time. And that is very hard to do. Usually the entrepreneurs are willing to do this, mm. but there are very few investors like yours mm. who are willing to see the company do that. Because the investor says, oh, you know, let's let's have a fallback option. And that fallback option actually erodes the, the ability of the company. It's, a, it's a new new thing for me as well, because as you say, as an investor, I'm an investor. And suddenly to see, see the bottom line of the half 50% or 70% of the bottom line erode is, is, a, is a hard call. But, you know, to your point, 
if you want you know if you take that safety net out then you have to make sure that you are succeeding in the market that you want to succeed in because in these cases when you're building for global scale there's no comparison in the market that you can get somewhere else as opposed to india yeah and and although this is not so unusual this particular form of taking a leap into the next innings is new but the idea of taking a leap into the next innings when you're doing well mm. you know where betting the whole company is actually not new okay. netflix wouldn't be netflix mm. had they not taken the leap from the ground to the cloud okay. when they were actually doing well with dvds very true right that to completely transform their business they had to model. and their board resisted their investors resisted the entrepreneur continued wanted to do this but the board was not supportive at that and but thankfully the 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 investor the entrepreneur still went ahead and did it and you can now look back and say they won't have been as valuable a company Absolutely. on the other hand yeah, sometimes the others who went out of business who were just doing dvd business take yeah. our local success story deep kalra deep kalra he is in his third innings of the company now it is true that second and third innings coexist which is selling airline ticket and selling you know vacation packages but when when he moved from the first innings which was all international us travel to domestic travel he actually stopped worrying about the us travel he made the same kind of a shift and he bet the company entirely on domestic mm. travel so this is the concept is not uh, unusual uh, and inevitably we know the investors are the ones who prevent this kind of bet the company phenomena to happen in this case for enterprise b2b this form of betting the company is somewhat unique to india right mm. because you don't need to do this in the us obviously very very mm. mm. so but yeah i i know i also take your point mm. as a personal learning in this mm. conversation because it's applicable to mm. me mm. as an investor but in your mind like you know if you look at global product you know product startups building products for global scale transformation from where we were in 2006 2007 to where we are in terms of entrepreneur maturity what what have you seen as an evolution i know you still said you have 10 more years to go but 50% you know is it good bad where no, do you, no, where I, do you... I, no i i think it is generally headed in the right direction so there are two major shifts that have happened which have worked in india's favor and i think india has uh, taken advantage of both the shifts first uh, you know is that the small teams can build complex products right and that is possible because of the cloud and it is also possible because of open source so because of these things you can do combinatorial innovation you don't have to worry about data centers and stuff like that and that kind of allows small teams to build you know very meaningful complex products. enterprise mm-hmm. products the second is that the cloud opened the mid market in the us you know and now the market that would not have been available if there was a on premise solution but is available because you have a saas solution is very very large and that market is all of 10 years old and so therefore your your even your best competitors are maybe 3 4 years head start it's not as if they have 13 years head start right so the market is actually a virgin market today and india for the first time is not late to that market so you can see companies being able to take advantage of it and you know zoho is a very good example of this right mm-hmm. i mean they serve 40 million people mm-hmm. right i mean astounding zoho figure, yeah. astounding figure mm-hmm. why because they were there when the market opened up and so i think we are by and large not late to the party mm-hmm. and small teams can do big things both of these things have been a big blessing for okay. the indian product industry sure. but but why is that we are still seeing lps resisting investing in funds that are in india that look at 
global uh, product. You know, is that fear still exists that, you know, you'll not be able to do it or we have more to prove? What, what, what do you think is happening in their minds? What are they looking for? Yeah, so I think one of the things that is going on is that SaaS is no longer sexy, even in the valley. Right, correct. I've heard that, you know, in my recent Valley trip, they said, Saz, no, you stay away from it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not sexy anymore because newer things have come in. So when you go and say, we'll build a valuable SaaS company out of India, they say, boy, I mean, I'm not even investing it locally. Why should I invest <laughs> in it? In So this is not to do about India. This is that this whole sector is generally not that sexy. Where things are sexy is, can you build middleware for blockchain? Can you build middleware for for let's say AI and machine learning, right? Because we don't, let's take blockchain as an example, right? There are distributed apps. Then there is a layer of, of, let's say, middleware, all kinds of middleware. And then there is base infrastructure. There is no clarity today where the value capture will take place. Would they be thin apps from a value perspective and fat middleware? Or will it be thin middleware and fat apps? Because if you go back and look at the PC industry, the only people who made money were Vintel, the middleware yeah. players. And and the Compacts and the Dells and, you know, they made very little money in relative terms. But if you go back and look at the internet, it is the Googles and the Facebooks, the apps who have ended up making all the money. And the people who have been behind that in the middleware have made very little money. And the core telco infrastructure, they, they don't make any Exactly. Money. So what is unclear is that as you look at the new stacks that are coming. And clearly blockchain is one of them. AI has a role to play. It is unclear where the value capture will be. So the sophisticated investors in the valley are really wrestling with those kind of issues. So when somebody goes in and says, you know, I am going to build a SaaS which is going to let all spas operate with an ERP solution that they could not have done on an on-premise basis, it is interesting but not exciting for them. And so therefore... That is the reason why you are not seeing interest come in from that. Coming, coming back to your comment on this middleware and infrastructure, one of the issues or the problems we see in as a venture capitalist is like when you do that, you have to be, like you said, be closer to the customer and that market is not in India. So even if you were to say develop the middleware, you know, to get some traction, you know, India cannot be even a test market in those cases, mostly. You really need customers who can integrate developers who can integrate that and that market typically is outside right so even if you were to support the startups one of the issues we are seeing is the fact that where are you going to get the next round to go to the u.s market so you, hence you either the funding has to be good enough that you know you uh, you have the ability to go there or get somebody from the u.s early on as your partner right so that is you know both are a little bit of challenge right so how do you solve that problem today you know for us to work on those kinds of areas i would point to your own portfolio company mm-hmm. in voice middleware mm-hmm. where you are making a bet in voice middleware are you not uh, no no yes i don't know Absolutely. whether that's been announced but yeah. you know you yeah. have made a bet in voice middleware Absolutely. company yeah. look in machine learning julia is a success story out of india mm-hmm. let's say browser stack is essentially mm-hmm. a test middleware company that is a success story here the original dhruva was about middleware for continuous data replication. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely a very, Dhruva, of course, morphed itself, evolved mm-hmm. itself as it should have. Mm-hmm. But it started off uh, in, in that formulation. Mm-hmm. So I think that is happening mm-hmm. out of India. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I would submit to you that the most valuable companies that India is producing come with that DNA or background. Because you see, if you are making just an ERP for any set of buyers, right? 
it can be a valuable company but it cannot be truly a industry shaping hmm. Uh, hmm. a category breaking it won't be an influencer so as yes. to say so it is a good thing to do and you know from an entrepreneur perspective is a worthy thing to go from an investor perspective is a worthy thing to go but you're looking at smaller exits on the other hand if you can get your hands around a problem that requires a middleware solution it is a more unforgiving part of the market because there are no also rans there right either you're a winner or number 2 you know there's no value for a number 3 but if you can be in that category and india has produced some of them mm. and uh, and therefore it becomes uh, a worthy thing to do so i am not as pessimistic as you are mm. about the middleware players i'm actually more optimistic i feel that the very large pool of r&d footprint um, mnc r&d footprint that we enjoy in india mm. uh, which is very antsy again you know is not happy where they are okay. and therefore there are lots of budding entrepreneurs there many of them will actually come and focus on middleware plays rather than end application plays. and that's our whole bet you know as you know when mm. we started idea spring is to capture that audience sure. now now hence shifting gears a little bit now that you brought up the middleware investment that uh, we have made in the voice mm. the reason why we got excited and where we th- where we believe that we can have a large impact it is the first time where we did a b2 small b like you are saying or b2b to c in the indian market and that platform we believe will address like 500 million 600 million people right you know because you'll sell it to enterprises but who in turn are looking at customers at their end uh, uh, users of that particular platform and those kinds of places we are very very excited about and then many more are coming along the way and you have been spearheading that movement of india stack and and health stack and other things so switching gears onto the b2 small b or the b2b to c market in india you know i i see a lot of opportunities opening up now so thinking about enterprises there's no reason for us to think global anymore right there is a lot of opportunities in india so so switching gears into that you know in next 3 4 3 to 5 years what do you see are some of the trends that you believe vcs and entrepreneurs should latch on to and also people coming from outside wanting to invest in india as lps what should how should they look at this product innovation in india so if you go back and look at the last 30 months it has created two very valuable companies both related to payments so you know not far from here in koramangla you have phone pay which by any yardstick is a valuable company you know probably worth 1 and 1/2 billion dollars in the same time frame and literally a stones throw from where we are so that people can even actually see where you know sense where we are is just pay right which has become a very valuable company on the back end infrastructure that banks need to be able to deal with the new payment system now so clearly you know uh, the financial sector in india is going to create lots of b2b uh, and frankly b2b to c b2b uh, b2c players mm. uh, why is that the case because india now has a story which says that we will see financial inclusion happen uh, you know very rapidly in the next few years so what's an example of that right it's uh, for the listeners who are in india uh, you know they can probably relate to this example many of the listeners may have been living if they were born in fact many of our listeners may not have been born in 1987 but their parents then may have been li- living in a town which didn't have a doordarshan tower mm. so therefore they didn't have television because only 34 cities at doordarshan towers in 1987 so most of the india actually didn't have tv 
But in 1988, when PAMSAT and INSAT became available, of course, everything changed. Mm. And in seven years, the TV watching audience in India grew 25 times of what it was in 1987. Mm. Right? So it was just the creation of new infrastructure that unleashed a set of changes that are happening. Now, obviously, this is taking place with, with GEO, with UPI. Who could have thought in 27 months uh, UPI's transaction volume in India would be more than the global transaction volume of American Express, which has a 60-year heritage? Mm. And it is, and MasterCard worldwide is less than 10x of UPI volume. Now, if UPI has a bad year, it'll grow 3x next year. If it has a decent year, it'll grow 6x, year, six x mm. but it's not out of realm that it'll grow 10x. Mm. So this kind of change, mm. of course, requires reworking of the infrastructure in the entire financial ecosystem. And nobody now wants to do it the custom way. Mm. People want to do it by building and plonking either middleware mm. or, you know, or, or new um, applications and platforms. These are all product solutions that are going in. Mm. You know, none of them are going in for a custom project-based kind so of a solution. Scalability becomes a key there. Key. Mm. So, so therefore, the market is very significant. And, uh, and you can see... Uh, that is actually beginning to attract investment. It's attracting high-quality entrepreneurs. And I think that is not going to change in the foreseeable future. The second area is health. That is a little further out. Why is health going to go through an inflection is because similarly, you know, what India stack did to financial inclusion, health stack is doing that to health inclusion. Mm. And it's, it's a newer thing. It's, you know, therefore further out. But it is going to reshape the health sector in India. Go even further out, right? I mean, there is this sense about, since our e-commerce is owned by, by foreign uh, e-commerce players, India has a danger of having our logistics owned by foreign players. To cope with that danger, like UPI is the rails for payments, yeah. there is a logistics rail being created. And, uh, and as that happens, as a public platform... The first version of that is already out and it is to do with drones. That's called the digital sky policy. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, many people are here uh, participating in that. So these are all... Now, drones is not a consumer play in India. It's an entirely B2B play, right? And because the use cases in the beginning are agricultural protected income, Mining, organ transplant yeah. plants and stuff like that. Mining also, I've heard exactly. of it. So, so therefore, so there are, there are large opportunity sets where non-linear growth is expected in the future that are opening up. The problem that we have, which I think is the reason I'm here, because I, the admiration that I have for the team that you have set up is that you are able to push the entrepreneurs mm. to actually bet on the technology trends, not contemporary technology, but what it will be two years from now. Otherwise, what many of our other investors are doing they push them and say, hey, this is risky. This is a bet. I don't fully understand it. Why don't you take the safe option? And when they do that, they get a Meru and not an Uber. Mm. Right? Mm. So we have a history of creating Merus and not Ubers mm. from a B2B perspective because we didn't have the gumption to actually make a bet on the technology trend. Mm. And what your team is able to do because you built it so, so, so thoughtfully is that it pushes the entrepreneur. 
to actually rethink its decision and very often that is going to be the difference yeah. between success and failure so so those are so india market is going to be tough but nevertheless there is a large market that and yeah up. that's a huge market and to your point of you know um pushing the envelope in terms of uh betting on product innovation i still believe tech innovation you know we are still behind and the ecosystem you know whether it's academic institutions r&d labs you know that has to pick up in india but i am very confident about product innovation taking us taking in lead in the product innovation trying new things that are coming one or two years down the road be ahead of the others right and but other thing i also i think we should also look at in building the ecosystem you know i i kind of talk tell many people is the next round of investment also has to go through change because because seed investors can take certain amount of bet but to really push these guys to the next level you also need a set of guys coming and taking similar better risks let me put it that way on product innovation agreed but i i want to build on the point that you are raising so i'll tell a story right in 1955 it was clear to at&t that transistor was a seminal innovation they owned at&t bell labs owned all the patents uh, related to that and since they said it is a seminal innovation they said you know as a contribution to society we will let an american company monetize it commercialize it without us asserting our patents so if you are a canadian entrepreneur you were a german entrepreneur french or or british entrepreneur you didn't have the benefit in fact one of the bell labs person william shockley mm. who is considered to be one of the two fathers of silicon valley yeah. decided to say boy boy this is wonderful i must go ahead and do this and you know and he moved west uh, to do this and uh, uh, and of course uh, you know he he was a brilliant man and at the same time as some people say he was the world's worst manager mm. so 64 or 65 companies emerged from that people would join they couldn't bear to work with him and they would go back and and of course the most famous company that emerged out of those 64 65 is intel and that is why silicon valley is called silicon valley today but the point i'm making is that the reason in 1960 japan did not make cameras and today you cannot find a dslr camera that is not japanese is because japan invested in research with public money and then instead of giving it to everybody equitably which is what is the official mm-hmm. position the reality was that it was actually available on a preferential basis to its local companies so those are the local companies that commercialized it so today all opto electronics is controlled by japanese companies even the copiers of xerox copiers right. have japanese uh, opto electronics all the space thing that we hear is mostly japanese opto electronics so the point i'm making is there is a jugalbandi between some public assets and private innovation which you call as product innovation in the west that jugalbandi was research science research funded by darpa funded by nsf funded by universities that would provide the substrate substrate on which private uh, innovation would happen so therefore it's fair to say that if there was no darpa there would be no cisco there was no stanford research there'll be no uh, uh, no Do, google absolutely. right no yeah. gps no uber and so on and so forth so the question is what is available to an indian company because they'll only be second class citizens for that stuff that is available to only an american company that has turned out to be the indian public platforms but the shame of this is that since the silicon valley entrepreneurs understand the power of public assets on which to do innovation 
our Indian public platforms are being exploited better by foreign companies than are being exploited by Indian companies, uh, Indian entrepreneurs. And the reason for this is that we don't understand that really the Silicon Valley success story is a juggalbandi. Correct. The ecosystem has played yeah, its so way. No upon, amount of product innovation in, in vacuum is going to matter if you don't have a substrate that you can connect to. The reason Israel is successful because Israeli companies are considered to be natural users of that substrate that is created in the US. Indian companies will never be treated like that. So we have to sell this idea that this Jugalbandi is important and that is not yet settled into the ecosystem as well as it But I'm sure happen. with, uh, with all time effort, it will, time because, it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another yeah. year or two or three, yeah, things will change. It will definitely change. Yeah. No, no. So, I, I mean, so your closing comments on, you know, your thought on the next five years, you know, because you are kind of seen this and helped the ecosystem so significantly. What What is your optimism in the next five years for enterprise product innovation slash products in India? Yeah, I, I feel that, uh, you know, there are some kind of crazy statements that some of us have made and I feel more confident uh, that they will come true. One of them is that we will be to mid-market SaaS what Israel is to cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, uh, one can double down on that. It's been the third year that we are saying this. So that is fair to say. I think uh, it is also fair to say that in some areas, particularly uh, we can say with confidence that when it comes to financial services, uh, Indian companies will be uh, financial inclusion. Uh, Indian companies will be significant players mm. at every part of the stack. Mm. And therefore, the other stupid thing, in a way, one could have been saying, but I don't think is stupid, is something that we've been saying, you know, in Startup Bridge India, which is done in mm. collaboration with Stanford University, in the valley, mm. saying that valley will innovate for the first billion. Mm. India will innovate for the next six billion. Mm. Together, we'll innovate for the world. world. I think that is more true today than it was a year or two ago because people can see that coming to life mm. in financial inclusion. Mm. And I think if we can replicate that in some of the other areas that we're talking about, then uh, we, we would have a good story mm. to tell. Mm. But as I said, what got us here uh, is doing just more of that is not going to get us Absolutely. to where we want. And so therefore, we, we don't have time to cover much of that. But we have to be very thoughtful in figuring out, therefore, what different. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and at yeah, Idea Spring Capital, that's what, we, as you said, uh, we are, yeah. that's what we are trying to do yeah. to, in, to influence entrepreneurs exactly. to kind of take this bold step and most importantly, be there for them and, and help them in that journey. So, Sharad, never a dull moment in talking to you and an awesome Thank to, you to talk to you. And, yeah, yeah, and then a lot of good ideas and I'm sure the listeners will appreciate what you have said and and I'm sure you'll inspire a few people now to kind of take the path of building for India and using the platforms that we spoke about to innovate for India. And we should see more of that coming out in the next two to three years. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to the Idea Spring Capital podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show and do leave us a review and rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or the app that you're listening to this on. Additionally, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Idea Spring Cap. That is Idea Spring Cap. This podcast was produced by Skapari, your complete digital marketing agency.